Welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined by Matt Chamberlain, a newly uh, a dad now. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how tired I am. Because <laughs> yeah. babies yeah. like don't sleep during the night. Um, but it's cool. Kids, uh, ba- Babies are better than I thought they would be. I underrated them. Underrated. They were, they were too low on the draft board. TJ Warren. <laughs> TJ Warren. Coming, coming out of nowhere and just breathing life all of a sudden. Scorched earth. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Annie Campbell Chamberlain. There it is. The next next number one pick and Welcome year, to the Couch GM family. Something. Annie Annie Chamberlain. There it is. Number one listener, right? Yes. Oh, for sure is. Nice. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode 75. Matt, we've somehow made it 75 episodes. Yeah. And we've also somehow stumbled into some form of success because we <laughs> had like 270 downloads on our last episode. I tell so, you, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Yeah, I guess that's it. The everyone's bubbles in full swing. Everyone's just ran out of content during this quarantine and they've just everyone's stumbled upon Everyone's searching us. for the TJ Warren content. And yeah, <laughs> this is it. This is now the number one TJ Warren podcast. So welcome. <laughs> our, our, we're not the Couch GM podcast anymore. We're just the TJ Warren podcast. Yep, we're on the bandwagon. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 75. We're going to talk a little bit about more bubble stuff. We're about over halfway now yep. through the uh, bubble seeding games. Uh, That's just weird. They call it seeding games. Yeah. Like, I get it. It needed a name, and regular season technically didn't apply. Seeding game sounds weird, but... Because anyway, regular season, we would have the Knicks in here, and yeah, that's just please, not acceptable. No, we don't need that. And there's our Knicks burn for <laughs> the podcast. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for following us on our social media. Uh, I'll give a shout out to our Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us there. Um, that would be a great help. Uh, and if you haven't already, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, or Stitcher, and leave us a review. That would be a great help. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. All right, quick recap, y'all, um, in case you didn't catch the last episode, but it was a good one, obviously. I mean, a bunch of people listening to it, so go listen to it, but um, you know, one more slight, they get the Knicks, they hired Tom Thibodeau, so um, we talked about how he signed that five-year deal that he'll be out of in two years, um, collecting checks, <laughs> and then we talked about the opening weekend of the bubble. We recorded after the first two days of bubble games, um, what we saw from the different teams, what we liked and didn't like, and um, a lot of it's still holding true, though. And then we talked about some games to watch. Just real quick, the games we, we said to tune into. Man, we picked some good ones. Um, but it, all these games are pretty good games because mm, they're mm. all about playoff teams. Um, so my two were Bucks Rockets um, and then Celtics Raptors. And uh, that was the game Houston won 120-116 over Milwaukee where they had to come back. Really good game. Just ridiculous. Um, and the Celtics Raptors won. Less good unless, if you're a Raptors fan. Very good if you're a Celtics fan, because they took them behind the bubble and just gave them the business. Behind the Mickey Mouse shed yeah. and just gave them the goofy, right? Oh, yeah. It was incredible. I loved it. Um, I rewatched that game. Um, so Boston won 122 to Toronto's 100. I was pissed they hit a three right there at the end to make it look like it was closer than it was, because that was like a 35-point game. Um, and then Ryan's two games were Grizzlies, Pelicans, New Orleans finally played some semblance of defense and won 109 to 99. Also, Memphis is Memphis right now. They're sliding. We'll talk about them here in a minute. Um, and then Ryan's other game was Clippers, Mavericks. Uh, another fun game. Luka Doncic playing is just fun. So, but the Clippers won the game 126 to 111. That's a 
we talked about last week. I guess week. the defense is like coronavirus. No one wants wants it, and it's <laughs> not, I guess, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's not in the bubble. Worse. It's not in the bubble. <laughs> we know that much. Um, so next, we'll get on to news. Unfortunately, a bit of injury news, but some other fun ones in there. So I'll let Ryan take this. So uh, if you haven't seen uh, catching up on this week's news, Ben Simmons is done likely for the season, I think was the report yep. today. Uh, he injured his left knee, uh, dislocated his kneecap, and had some loose bodies uh, and had surgery, I think, today yep. in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I dislocated my knee. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you knew this, but when I talked to a doctor, he said whenever you dislocate your knee, the one of the most common things is that you break off a, a chip of your like your femur. Mm -hmm. Super painful. Yeah, and so like that's what loose bodies like. It's just kind of like that cartilage and stuff just floating in there because it's broken off. Yeah, that sounds not fun. Yeah, I, I was like, oh my god. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, Ben Simmons is not playing for the Philadelphia 76ers nope. for the rest of the year. Nope. Which is unfortunate because now we're gonna have to face another year of. What can, ifs and having can to watch the 76ers this team play? And the answer is no. Still no, but now they have an excuse to try it again. <laughs> Elton Brand to run out his five Elton Brand lineup. So. All center lineup is coming next year. <laughs> uh, moving on from the 76ers and Ben Simmons. Jonathan Isaac uh, also uh, had a pretty bad knee injury, blew out his ACL, and I think meniscus. Um, he might, and, the whole knee is just not there anymore. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. He was starting to play well, especially towards the end of the year. Yeah, no, he's he's legit an elite defender, and the offense was like figuring out what yeah. was he was supposed to do, and he was like very important for that Magic team. Yeah, I mean, it's super unfortunate. Hopefully, he can come back and play next next season, whatever next season looks like. Uh, some Grizzlies news. Jaron Jackson Jr. out with a knee injury for the rest of the year. Torn meniscus. Yep. Um, super unfortunate there, too, because he was playing really well in the bubble. Yeah. Shooting really well. Um, super efficient. Um, and a big part of the Grizzlies' offense. Some more uh, NBA drama. Unnecessary drama. drama, drama. <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary drama stuff. Uh, Draymond uh, was on Inside NBA and gets fined <laughs> for tampering with Devin Booker because he said, yeah, man needs to get out of Phoenix. So that's bad for his career. Yeah. AKA, that's what he told Kevin Durant when he was in Oklahoma yes, City. That's exactly what happened. Um, Andrew Wiggins is about to be a son. <laughs> and Devin Booker is about to be a Golden State Warrior. Just, I'm just throwing it out there now. Oh, gosh. That's... Freaking Golden State, Draymond. He really does recruit very well, though. He does, though. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Nick Saban's going to hire him as soon as he retires. You know? I was thinking more of Tom Manzo in Michigan State, yeah, but, yeah. you know. Hey, they got him on Bates for 2022. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, this, also unnecessary drama in the bubble. I love this. This is amazing. Uh, so, if you didn't catch this, da uh, Damian Lillard, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George... Just kind of went at it on social media after the Blazers-Clippers game the other night. Yes. Dame missed some free throws, and then um, Paul George and Pat Bev kind of gave him the wave on the way out, out of the court as the Clippers won the game. And then Dame said some things afterwards like, oh, they respect me. And then they made uh, Bev and PG made some comments on Instagram, and then Dame clapped back, which was incredible. I forgot what exactly what he said, but... I don't know. Was, NBA drama is amazing to me. PG said, and you getting sent home this year. And uh, 
Dane replied back, keep switching teams, running from the grind, you boys as chumps. Oh! <laughs> and, like, that's not a, Honestly, I don't know if this is as bad as what he actually said in his post-game interview, where he's like, I've sent him home before, I've sent him home before. I know they just saying it because they expect greatness out of me because they've seen it, and I know how much I hurt them, how much pain I caused them. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> he was really going for, like, the emotions and the soul right now. He really went through for the throat on that one, yeah. and it was pretty incredible. I'm all, I'm here for it though. I I I think of Dame and PG fall. I'm picking Dame, just straight up. Dame's <laughs> kicking his butt. Dame Dame's the killer of the group, yeah. right? Yes. Like he's he's he'll strangle Pat Bev with his watch <laughs> and, this, and just yelling Dame time. <laughs> you know, it is That's, Dame time. He's been really good in the bubble. Paul George, yeah, mm-hmm. he's been fine. Anyways, on to other things. Uh. Wizards, Kings, and Pelicans have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I think the New Orleans Pelicans are the most disappointing team in basketball at this present moment. For sure. Um, because they should have made the playoffs. Like, full stop. Yeah. No, they had, like, the easiest schedule. They had the most talented team, and they couldn't play defense for five seconds. They nope. gave up, like, 130 points to who? It, it was seriously incredible how many points they gave up. And it didn't matter if they were playing the Kings. It, like, it was literally that one game against Memphis. That was the only time they played defense. And part of that is Memphis has been bad. equally as bad. Yeah. They haven't won a game yet in the bubble. So, you know, I, I'm not going to give the Pelicans too much credit for that either. So the East has decided West is still figuring out these last couple teams. Which, again, we're going to be talking about those last couple teams a decent bit, um, too. So then the last thing, uh, NCAA's withdrawal deadline for the NBA draft was August 3rd. So... Um, a lot of guys had made their decision prior to that day, but um, Gonzaga got a couple guys back. They're going to be competing for a national championship now. Baylor got back its starting um, point guard and small forward, so they're competing now. Illinois got back their two best players. They have a real shot at winning the Big Ten. Iowa got back national player of the year, Luca Garza. They have a real shot at winning the Big Ten. So guys that, if they were drafted, probably second-round guys. Um, I actually, the one out of all of them I like most was from Gonzaga, the wing named Corey Kispert because he can shoot threes and he's tall. Um, and I like those players because they play in the NBA. Um, but you know, it's it's just one of those. Um, I get why they came back though. If you think the season might happen and you can win a championship, I mean, go get it. Give it a shot. If you're gonna be a sure. second round pick this year, you might be a second round pick next year. So, you know, what's more important, the money an extra year early or maybe winning a chip? They said the chip. I respect it. Yeah, give it a shot. May not have a season, but I respect the idea. <laughs> yeah, I would kind of go with the NBA, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, moving on to our big, big topic for today. Every team will get a shout-out at some point. We'll say that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be pretty thorough in this podcast, so buckle up. We're here for a minute. Um, so we're o- clearly over halfway at this point most through teams, se- seeding games. Yeah, most teams have played like five or six out of their eight games. At the time of this recording, Monday evening. Yeah. Most teams have, yeah, finishing up their fifth, sixth game. So, um, we'll just run through some of the interesting points here, some of the interesting uh, storylines to finish out the end of the week and into the playoffs. Which playoffs start, what, Sunday? Saturday? Like, this week? Yeah, because I think the last regular season game's like Thursday, Thursday. or Friday. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, they'll, they'll start up fairly soon. Because, again, like, these things are going into, like, mid-october right like yeah. they borderline got to get them started asap because they take a couple months so yeah starting soon 
I don't know the exact day off the top of my head, but they're starting soon. So we'll kind of, we have these teams kind of broken up into some tiers, some groups here. Um, so it's not just quite so random. Um, so first little group here, some te teams will get talked about more than others because they deserve it. But bottom of the West of the bubble teams. So Kings Pelicans, we mentioned they're out. So for most of these teams, what they'll get when we talk about them is a good point and a bad point. What we liked, what we disliked. So first of all, Kings. Darren Fox was really good. I think that was that was really nice to see because being in Sacramento, there's not always a lot of good moments for De'Aaron Fox, even though he's a really good player. So to have him get some opportunities to get on TV and shine a little was really good for that franchise. I think really good for De'Aaron Fox. Also, Bogdan Bogdanovich was good. He was the second best player consistently on the floor for the Kings every night. Hit a lot of shots. And it's not just that. It's like him and Fox complement each other really well. I think for the Kings, because Bogdanovich could be gone. Yeah, they, right. they They have to make a decision on him this offseason. So this was kind of a make-or-break thing. So I think seeing him play well, play with Fox, be like, okay, this is a guy we either need to bring back or at least they may have got a better number in their head. Like, we think this guy is worth X amount of dollars now. The bad, though, was kind of the, the third of this wing trio they hoped to establish in Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald was not good. Buddy Heald was anything but good. He averaged 12.5 points per game on 36% shooting, 31% from three. And Buddy Heald's not hitting three-point shots. He is worthless. <laughs> it, it's been a weird season for him, right? Like, he started... He got the big contract. He got the big contract almost a year ago now. Uh-huh. Um, and he, I mean, started, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was. The and started, Bogdanovich start, was coming off the bench. Right. And then he got benched. And um, they and he, never turned back. He was pretty vocal about getting benched, but played better when he came yeah. off the bench. And now, in the bubble, you're absolutely right. He didn't play well at all. But that, I mean, that's what the Kings hoped to have was healed and Bogdanovich, um, Bogdanovich and Fox, Fox as their three wings blocks. with Bagley when he gets healthy, right. and then you figure out who's playing in the front court next to him. Like that's not a bad plan, actually. Like Sacramento like has done a halfway decent job of building that. We can criticize decisions that could have been made in place of ones they did, but overall, at the end of the day, like that's a pretty decent outcome. It's just you got to put it all together now and. Fortunately, Bagley out, healed sucks, and he's way overpaid now. I, you, I don't, you can't trade him on that contract right now without attaching an asset. I mean, like you could probably convince a team that, like, okay, new coach, new system, like it might get hey, better. Hey, Tibbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And the Kings are gonna trade for like three of the power forwards. So, um, yeah, that because that's gonna be a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this team moving forward. I like them before the season to make the playoffs because they had made the correct leaps yes. in last season, especially De'Aaron Fox to be able to make that leap and make the playoffs. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping to see them at least make a push, something like what the Suns are doing now, but they're yeah. not. We'll talk about the Suns yeah. here later, but they didn't, and they just like. Even when De'Aaron Fox scored 39 points against the Spurs, they still lost because it, they couldn't play defense. It never felt like enough. Right. Yeah. So they've got to, yeah, figure some stuff out with Harrison Barnes, Bielitsa, Rashawn Holmes, Bogdanovich. Like, who who are they bringing back? Who do they want to bring back? Um, but we're going into an unprecedented offseason that who's willing to spend money, who's willing to take <laughs> on some of these deals. Right. Um, 
So the Kings, it's like there's there's hope, but you gotta trust the management to sort through it and figure it out. And at this point in time, there's no proof that that's gonna happen. Yeah, so, the Kings, play, playoff streakless. Yeah, that's streak, gonna keep being non-streak. Keeps keeps up with 14 seasons, yeah. which is just a nightmare. At the end of the day, though, I don't really think any of us thought the Kings were going to do much in the bubble. So, like, it's not that surprising at the yep. end of the day. It's just you would have liked to have seen their players at least play a little better. Now, the other team, though, the Pelicans, they were, you were saying it, they were the, the hope of the NBA. They were the hope of NBA Twitter. <laughs> and the Knight going to ride in in shining armor and save the eight seed from being just a dumpster fire. And they they were a bigger dumpster fire than anyone. So I mean that's just it. Like they were. You look at like the projections for who was supposed to be the eight seed and the Pelicans before the bubble and before the season shut down. It was the Pelicans coming into yeah. the bubble. It was the Pelicans. It was not the Grizzlies. It was not the Spurs. It was not the Suns, but the Pelicans. Let me put it this way: DraftKings. I think good good betting website had out of the eight games the pelicans would play their betting line for over under wins was five and a half and right now they're two and four so they're not they're not gonna hit they that. can't even hit it yeah there's literally not enough games for them to have the chance of hitting it like they've been that bad and maybe five and a half was too high but still they had an easy enough schedule to pull that off though no they really could have won six games like semi reasonably like it was just you know, you know you're gonna play like the Clippers once, and that's not gonna go well. You play the Mavericks once, okay, that might not go well. But the others, it's like they they got Sacramento's and Memphis's, and they got the teams right. they wanted to get that just could never finish because they couldn't play defense. Right. Bottom line, like defense just wasn't good enough. It, Drew Holiday can't do everything. Derek Favors was bad. Like yes. that that was yes. a big big component of that's this whole thing. The center play for the Pelicans has been. Um, I don't know, a disaster. Yes. I, I just, like, the well, paint like, defense has just not been there. Even with Jackson Hayes, like, he's fun. But, like, he doesn't know what he's doing on defense either. He's not the anchor to no. that defense yet. And he might become that in three, four seasons. But, I mean, you need kind of, like, that veteran presence now. on the on the back end to kind of help guide some of these younger guys on the perimeter. And even Zion. I mean, Zion looked lost at times on defense. He looked lost every time on defense. <laughs> and, I mean, like, there's clips out there of him, uh, like, it's James Harden-level defense, right? He's not even paying attention no. to where his guy is on the floor. There were games where Zion wouldn't get a rebound. Which is like, just insane. Like, that was his thing coming out of college. Like, yeah. he was a springy 4-5 that can dunk the ball and shoot. Like, that yeah. was, like, he was an incredible athlete. But to not even get a rebound, it's like you're not even trying. No, like, it's like, not truly. like Drew Holiday is a Russell Westbrook who's stealing yeah. a guard. JJ Reddick gets rebounds. Okay, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Um, Lonzo was, he shot poorly. But, like, he still played defense. I'll give him that at least. Yeah. Like, him shooting poorly, that, that sucks. Cause... Lonzo was particularly bad in the bubble. In the six yeah. games that he's played, shot 26% from the field and 19% from three, yeah. which I mean, like his shooting was up this year. So that was encouraging to see from him, but in the bubble, you're right. It's been particularly bad. So that, that was disastrous. The, the dark spot is Zion though. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. It, and it wasn't just the defense to me, the biggest thing. And we've, I joked about it off air was he looked so out of shape to the point of like, 
you couldn't joke about it. Like <laughs> what? it was I mean... that's like it was like telling a Holocaust joke. Like you can't do it. Oh, like God. it's just not a, allowed. Like it's not okay. Like Zion, like he looked huge. Yeah, like, th- I ate. mean, that's the weird thing is, like, was he having knee issues? Like, why was there... We talked about it a lot last week. It's like, why is there a minute restriction on a guy who suffered an injury a year ago you're so scared of that you didn't play him until January of this year? Did he re-injure it? Did he re-aggravate it? Like, what's going on? Why is he on a minute... Like, a 15-minute per game right. minute restriction? Um, but, like, you know, you just you can watch a guy. You're just like an eye test. Right, I know it's on TV, but you can just watch an eye test. Like the guy, like lumber up the court. Like playing the Spurs the other night, Jakob Pertl was like blazing by him down the court, like <laughs> yeah. legitimately. And it's like, what is going on right now? Like, cause I like he, look, I get hurt to walk. Yeah. And but it wasn't like a knee injury. It's like just kind of a big guy. And he's like his neck rolls had neck rolls. Like, oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Like, I I don't mean to be that insensitive, but God, he looked. Huge! Oh, like there's no way he doesn't weigh 300 pounds. Yeah, you got to think the Pelicans have a conversation about that, right? And it's a hard conversation How do you to come approach. Back? Like, what were you? I think this is my point: is what were you doing all right, quarantine? Right, right. Because even if you have a knee injury, do do some crunches, dude. <laughs> like you can diet. Right. Okay, you're making like 10 million dollars a year. You're number one overall pick. You can afford a chef. Like you don't have to go eat jambalaya every night i know you live in new orleans but like come on like i think that's just what got me is like if you're a number one pick if you're a dominant player like you you gotta realize there's more to your game than just being athletic like he looked oh, this is gonna be something he looked in the bubble closer to anthony bennett did oh my <laughs> god then he did like ben simmons <laughs> oh yeah, like we he, went there okay like, when Zion was engaged and playing the five and just cutting all the time, he could score, like, 25 points in 25 minutes. Because he wasn't doing... Like, he was just standing at the dunker spot. and But, like, he didn't have to move. When Zion had to move, period, it was over. Like, he couldn't do it. Right, yeah. I mean... He, he couldn't play on the perimeter on offense. He, he can't even play at the elbow on offense at this point. He's, yeah. he's literally in the dunker spot. That's his only offensive role. And when you're playing with Derek Favors, well, that's a disaster, right? Because that's all Derek Favors does. Yeah. It, it was a legit disaster. And then defensively, he couldn't stay in front of anybody. It didn't matter if he was guarding a center. He couldn't stay in front of him. He couldn't yeah. stay in front of Jakob Pertl. He couldn't stay in front of Drew Eubanks the other day. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? If he can't be athletic and switch on the guards, if he can't stay in front of a big man, if they're not letting him play kind of that rover in the middle and come over and block weak side shots, like... He can't play defense. Like, that's his best game is being a help side shot blocker. And there's just, Spurs are like, we're not playing into that. You know? Spurs are good. <laughs> that's the thing with this bubble. Every team that was here was good. Maybe that was some of it, too, is that the Pelicans didn't get to prey on the Golden States yeah. at this point. Level of competition was higher. And it's like, this is what playoff basketball is like. Yeah. And it's like, you would have got swept in the playoffs. So, you know, it's pretty much the same what happened here. It's a good point. I think also it was probably good good awakening for zion to see oh i just can't bully everyone i can bully some people yeah i just for can't sure. bully yeah like i can't out bully schemes essentially um no so I, I i'm still hopeful about zion i i hope they figure out whatever is going on oh if i it's still a think knee injury or if yeah it's whatever like they got to figure that out i still think he can foremost. be a top five player in the league 
For sure. The for Anthony sure. Bennett was probably too far. That, that was, it was pretty extreme. That but, was one of the most extreme things I think we've ever said on this podcast. You know, y'all, I've been up since 2 a.m. with this <laughs> baby. Um, but I'm I'm only slightly exaggerating. <laughs> like, he, is, he was bad. I mean, um, it's a good point, right? Like, if... He's not able to do what Zion is advertised as. Like, what, what is he then? What it? What like? What is he as a player? And it's he's a he's a dunker. Great. Like it's not great, right? Yeah. So but, I, again, I have hope for him. I think next year he'll come out because I mean they're going home. You got till December to get ready. He yeah. if he spends the next four months like I am going to transform my body, like how we've seen some guys like Bam Adebayo do. Like not that Bam Adebayo is that out of shape by any means but like you've just seen guys do it like if he did that a game over right straight up game over um even without the jump shot now get a jump shot and all of a sudden we're on a whole nother planet of basketball with zion but it it, i it to me it all starts with the conditioning if the conditioning doesn't get fixed it it's never going to be what we all hope zion Zion can be so it's a great point. Before I get into spicy, much spicy takes, <laughs> spicy takes we'll early on. on. Um, talk about spicy. We're gonna go. We're just gonna go on to the Suns and Spurs next because they're on fire. This is this is like the two of the better stories, like the feel good stories. Suns the can't sun, lose. The Suns, as of this recording, are six and zero in the bubble. Seven and zero. They beat your Thunder today. Six and zero. They just they were five and zero before. Oh, were they? Yeah. I I saw someone's Twitter the Twitter account is a great follow. If you're on Twitter oh, and not yes. following the Suns, like it's a great follow. Um I man, if I if you would have told me that the Suns would be more than like more more one of the more likely teams to make the playoffs at the beginning of this thing, or even back in mid-March when we're in quarantine, I would have told you you're a crazy person and slapped you silly. There's no way this team has any business sniffing the playoffs, and somehow the combo of Booker and Aiton have gotten them somewhat close. Like, Devin Booker's playing mini- meaningful basketball minutes, and it's not like, bad. it's not terrible. No. Well, I, it's like, do you give him credit for that shot against like the Clippers, like the one over PG and Kawhi? Yeah. Like, do you give him credit for that, or was that like a you got PG on you, then you got Kawhi switch on you, and then you just tried a ridiculous fadeaway that went in. That went in. It went in. I mean, like if we called the Dame shot last year a bad shot, like that was Devin Booker shot was like the worst shot then. Um, <laughs> Ill advised, but it went in. So you give him credit for it, right? You give him mm-hmm. credit for it. The Suns last two games because you're right. They're they only played six, six and zero. Oh. They got Philly tomorrow, Tuesday. No Embiid. I don't know if Embiid will play that. I don't. It's a think winnable so, game though. as of and right no now. No Simmons. That winnable, and then Dallas. And at that point, and we'll talk about Dallas too. Dallas might be resting Kristaps and Luca because they rested them because they're locked into the seven. seven. Yeah, they're not getting to the six. So, and they're not the eight because they're high enough above these guys to be the eight. So. Why would they play Luca and Porzingis more than they have to? Maybe right. even play them on a minutes restriction. Right. So the Suns could go eight and zero if you had that betting line. God bless you. <laughs> that might be better than your uh, Joe Burrow Heisman line at the beginning, like this time last year. Oh God, I could have made so much money <laughs> if I put it, that it, money on Joe Burrow. I mean, like the point still is that, like Cam Johnson, we kind of raked the Suns over. Last year, when they drafted Cam Johnson, it's uh-huh. like, what are we doing? 
and because like, he was a guy you plugged into like a playoff team, right? They drafted him at number eleven, and the Suns looked like they were. It's not. still, it's not like relatively to where they were. It's not a great pick, no. But it's worked out for them. It's working. Working. That's I don't know if it's point. worked out because he is. There have been times where he has looked like a disaster out there. <laughs> if he can't, if the shot's not going in, he does nothing else for your team. That's a good. Um, point. At an NBA level, you know, as a G League guy, then yeah, he's fine. But if the shot's going in, then he's a legit, legit piece. Um, back to Booker and Aiden real quick because they need a little more time before we get to all the other guys. Because the other guys have been good. Um, yep. Bridges, Saric. Um, Aiden plays defense now. So that's yeah. a thing. I mean, like, he's progressed really nicely on defense. So, like, he can protect the rim, yeah. which makes sense because he's like 7'2. And like it's what you wanted out of him in college. He, right? Like the body looks incredible. Like he looks so good physically. Um, he can move his feet kind of. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like he doesn't get just get blown by like he did last year. And he did get blown by last year. Every single time in the pick and roll this year, not nearly as much. So that's good. So he's figured some stuff out. Probably the first time he's ever been taught how to play defense though. So that's the thing. Um, I heard this brought up and I'm just interested to hear you about this. So his draft was obviously the Luca one, and we're not getting into the Luca Bagley thing. But Jaron Jackson Jr. coming out of college was like regarded as like a really high end defender, big man defender. Is DeAndre Ayton a better defender than Jaron Jackson Jr.? Because Jaron Jackson Jr. he has not been as good of a defender as we thought he would be. He can't. Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't rebound. That's like a sneaky thing with him. He gets like five rebounds a game. Yeah. Aiden gets like 12. Yeah. I know that's not all defense, right? Getting rebounds isn't all defense. But Yeah. I would. I wonder. I mean, I haven't watched Jaron Jackson Jr. that closely when it comes to rebounding. But I wonder if it's kind of the Brook Lopez effect where he boxes guys out. And, and there's Valanchunas on his team. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, doesn't get credit for getting the rebound because yeah. he's doing his job correctively. Or corrective. Yeah. Uh, uh, correct. Um, and it's just like one of those things. It's... I think the box or the stat line can be a little deceiving Seeping. there. Um, but it's kind of an interesting point. There's not a lot of sons who rebound the ball that well. Yeah. Right? Well, that's the thing. Cause like if Cam Ricky, Johnson's your four, Cam Johnson's like even Dario Saric when he's inserted yeah. in the four is not that like high rebound. He's, he's a box out guy, guy, but not yeah. a get the rebound guy. Yeah. So maybe Aiden kind of gobbles up just every loose ball that's in the area. Cause no one else is trying to, um, but just the fact that Aiden can kind of move on the perimeter now, and yeah, that's a big deal. Like, and he he does protect the rim better than Jackson does. At For sure. Point. Um, as a weak side shot blocker, they're actually somewhat equal, I'd say. But as just a straight up rock shot blocker, Aiden's better. So if Aiden is as good or better on the perimeter, with at least moving his feet in the pick and roll, then all of a sudden it's kind of a discussion. And if you told me at the beginning of the draft that it was going to be a discussion by year two, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. So I think that goes to Aiden learning how to play defense and like caring Maybe trying. About, <laughs> trying. Um caring about his body, staying in good shape, being able to have that foot speed. I think that's important. I think the offense is coming along too. I joked last week, called him three Andre Aiden. But like he kind of expanded his game. Yeah. I mean right? like kudos to him. Like that's something we usually start yelling about in year three. Right. And to yeah. have 
at least take the confidence, like have the confidence to shoot yeah. it in year two is really impressive. Clearly, Aaron Baines came into that franchise and taught him how to shoot threes. Because um, <laughs> Aaron Baines is on fire. Um, or, and, you know, they just got a competent coach in there. Yeah, well, and, you know, they great. kept him for more than six games. Um, <laughs> and then Booker, yeah. I mean, he made the, the shot against LA, but he's been, he's been really good. Like He's been good. Super he's, effective. He's a better passer, I think people realize he is like he he's a willing passer yeah um and weirdly enough he hasn't been great at shooting the three this yeah i was looking at that and he was like what like a 30 percent like 30 33 yeah Yeah, just kind of like low 30s but he's like become really good mid-range he's become really good like going off of the pick and roll and like getting into like a floater and he has good touch he's a good free throw shooter um so even though the three ball hasn't been falling as much probably because he's doing so much on the ball um, just exerting injury, uh, energy that way. He's found other ways to score and like be effective. So yeah. like, that that is a compliment to him. Um, it's just it took him so long to get to this point. Um, that team could really use like another creator so he could play off ball a little more and just hit a, get a few more catch and shoot opportunities. But that's a long term building thing. Um, they they can address at a later point. But for right now, it's you can see where the Suns are trying to go. They have the wing, like they have the pieces now, right? Yeah. Like they have the competent wing players. They yeah. have the two stars. Like yes. that's they they have a foundation yes. for this team to move forward. It's not like okay, Booker plus a whole bunch Booker of Booker plus guys and we're not even sure if Booker's a number one, a <laughs> yeah, two, right. a three, um, in terms of like hierarchy on a good team. So at least like yeah, Bridges has been good, Mikhail. Even if he doesn't score, Mikhail's a good player out there every game. He plays well. And then Johnson, again, when he's hitting, he's good. Um, and I'll give him credit. Last few games, he's hit, you know? So, Sarich has been really good. Sarich has been good, which has been a big piece for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coming off I've, the bench. Yeah. Giving good minutes against second units. Just kind of tearing him up because he's so skilled. Right, yeah. Skilled big man. Really nice compliment to that team. But I think the biggest thing is that Kelly Oubre is still missing from this lineup. He's so out. So, it's, it's not even the full Suns. Yeah. And he was kind of that secondary creator at times and could get his own shot. Yeah. You know, um, it's kind of when he comes back. Cause he's got one more year on his deal who doesn't start for him. But, again, that's something they can figure out. But they also got to figure out they're bringing back Sarich, his free agent. Um, so that's that's going to be a tough one because how much you want to pay him if he's not starting. Um, yep. So those are just going to be discussions. But there's at least something to work with if you lose Sarich or if Uber 8 doesn't come back 100% or it takes a while you still have something and that's just to build around and the Suns haven't had that in a bit so kudos to them for like building a decent team and not a great team but a decent team like a good seven man roster so there's there's a start of something now the Spurs we're, in, we're gonna take a few minutes on the Spurs because <laughs> we rightfully so did not give the Spurs a lot of airtime this year because they suck to watch. <laughs> they were not good. I mean, it looked like the playoff streak was going to come to an end. Like, and it hasn't yet. No. Has not yet. It might. Because, again, they... They have to leap the... I think at this point, they have to leap the Suns and the, and Blazers, the Blazers to, to get, get to the play-in. So, right now... So, as of right now, um, it's Grizzlies still hold it by a half game. Blazers behind by half... Suns game behind, Spurs game behind, but the Suns have more wins because they've played more games. Mm. Um, but every team, all those teams have two games left. So Memphis has Boston and Milwaukee. Huh. God, um, if those guys are 
resting, playing, then, playing. then maybe um, you have a chance if those guys are, are resting. But if they're playing, you're done. Portland's got Dallas and Brooklyn. Maybe winnable. Yeah. But still hard. Dallas and Brooklyn, yeah. That's Phoenix winnable. got Philly and Dallas. Winnable. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, those so, so far, that's the best. And the Spurs have Houston and Utah. <sighs> tough. Maybe winnable, but tough. So essentially, the Spurs would have to end up going two and zero, and the Suns having to go one and one. Yep. And the Blazers going one and one. One and one. Yeah, that's that's what it's gonna take at this point. Oof, man, that's that's tough. I don't. Phoenix controls their destiny. If Phoenix wins out, they're. I think they're gonna get it. Because I don't know if Portland will win both of those games. Man, if Portland wins both of those games, that's huge. Well, the other piece here is, is Memphis going to win? Because if they lose games, they fall yeah. out of the eight. Yeah. Memphis, I, I I don't think Boston's resting guys at this point. They haven't really shown that. Per- I mean, unless it's Kimba. But even if Kimba doesn't, they're going to start Marcus Smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, good luck, John Moran. Now you got Marcus <laughs> Smart on you from minute one. Right. Um, that's a lot of fun. And then Milwaukee. Even when Milwaukee doesn't play Giannis, like they're still God, a good team. Yeah, they're still good. Like they lost to the Raptors tonight, but like you're still in the game the whole time, and the Raptors played everybody. So it, that Spurs. So <laughs> we, let's, well, let's, let's give them the credit. In. Let's give them the credit while we can, yeah, just yeah. in case they don't make it, and they might not. But they, the fact that they're even in this possibility is a huge kudos to them. Um, so what I, I, again, I watched the Pelicans game um, against the Spurs last night. Not when it originally aired, but at 2.15 in the morning when I was up with the baby. Um, I was probably watching the game more intently than I was watching the baby. But <laughs> I'm sorry, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. It's fine. Um, and DeMar DeRozan's playing the four. And I really like it. And it got it's me, been fun. It got me thinking. So... The Spurs, whether by choice or not, because of the Marcus Aldridge is out, they've embraced what the 76ers should do with their lineup, which is a true point forward and floor spacing. So just real quick, this is where my mind was, and if this doesn't make sense, again, it was 3 in the morning, you know, 4 in the morning, I don't know what time it was. So DeMar DeRozan and Ben Simmons are kind of in that same role. Obviously, like, Ben Simmons is a better defender and all that, but strong? Yeah. Like, really heady players now? good passers but they're bigger so kind of that point forward DeJounte Murray Josh Richardson are these defensive oriented wing guard types that when they're hitting that when they're hitting shots they're super valuable in if they're not hitting shots they're still gonna play good defense so they're not a sib out there to have Derek White and um, Tobias Harris can kind of just get a bucket like some games they're gonna go for 12 in some games, they're going to go for 24, and they're going to act the same thing from minute one to minute 48. Like, mm-hmm. they're just going to mm-hmm. quietly play their games, and you'll look up and be like, oh, wow, you s- scored a lot. That was cool. Um, Lonnie Walker, Shake Milton, they're like these swing shooters, and they're competent everywhere else, but if the shooting hits, they're like a fun, athletic kind of change of pace. Lonnie guy. Walker's straight up fun to watch. Like, I that dude him. is super bouncy and just... yeah. One of the most out of control players, but also it's amazing to but watch all the time. When it's working, it's really cool. He's just um, like those cha- one of those chaos guys that comes yeah. in and can create. I don't know a five point swing really quick. Yeah, I like Shake Milton. Once the 76ers realized he could shoot um, and started playing him, then it's like he would go in for like 20, 30 points. Yeah, um, just shooting threes. So um, again, big swing guys there. Okay, next one. Th- these are not 
equal players. This is I'm not going down the Anthony Bennett road again. <laughs> but stylistically, Jakob Pertle and Joel Embiid, they're big rim protectors who's best at dunking the basketball and taking advantage of smaller guys. Obviously, Embiid is better, but the roles are actually similar. Like, Pertle doesn't really shoot mid-range in threes. Embiid usually shouldn't shoot <laughs> those, but he does. Um Obviously, Embiid's a much better player, but stylistically, it's be the rim guy. Mm. Be the guy at the rim who does everything at the rim offensively, defensively, and just abuse anything down there. And uh, they both do it fairly well. Um, and then coming off the bench, Bellinelli, Korkmaz, shooters. Gay and Horford, experienced vet bigs who can kind of stress the floor. I mean, I know Gay and Horford aren't really the exact same body type, but they really play the same role for both of these teams. Um, Keldon Johnson... Yeah, um, it's been really good for the Spurs. Yeah, been really good. And Matisse Thybul, just these defensive-minded wings that have some three-point potential. If they make a few, that's just gravy, honestly, in the game. Um, Patty Mills, Alec Burks, these secondary creators and shooters, and then Drew Eubanks and Norvell Pell, just athletic rim protectors and dunkers. And it's like, yeah, the 76ers versions of these guys are probably better, but the Spurs at least look competent. Like they look like they're p- trying to play together. The 76ers, it's, it almost feels like Simmons' turn, Embiid's turn, Harris's turn. Spurs are just playing Spurs basketball again. And they've just figured it out with the roster they have, again, kind of by force, because Aldridge is out, what to do. And it's revolutionary for this team. Well, like, we, coming into the bubble, we really didn't count on the Spurs being much of a threat for this playoff race at all. We were talking mostly no. about the Pelicans and maybe about the Blazers a little bit. But the thing is here is that, like, they've just made, been super competitive. Like, they have the... They're vet, in every game. They have veteran presence to keep them in these games, these playoff-like games. Like, DeMar DeRozan isn't going to crumple like a cheap lawn chair. No. <laughs> like, in, in intense playoff games. And that's what these seeding games have been. Um, they've essentially been in every game. And any game they've lost, it's been really close. Like, the 76ers game, Shake yeah. Milton had to hit, like, this... From the hash three, yeah, to give them a shot to win the game, and yeah. like that was the only reason they had won that game. The mm-hmm. Spurs had clawed their way back in, mm-hmm. and it's just super impressive that this organization is going to keep winning. Like yeah. they just keep going. Yeah, it's like Greg Popovich. I mean, it's all the time. He's like the best coach in the league. I'm, this is the proof, like, right? Right here, the biggest revelation for the Spurs besides the stylistic play change is the play of the young guards murray white walker if because this this could be like the starting line it's like it's not as good as oklahoma city's three guard lineup that they roll out and just annihilate teams with but it's their version of it and these guys are so young they still have so much room to grow that like i don't want to say like in two years because they're good now but like in two years if these guys keep this extremely upward trajectory this is something the Spurs can build around for the next 10 years and i don't i wasn't super confident in that mid-year i didn't know if i loved Derek white i didn't know if i loved john Murray. and lonnie walker was like just couldn't Fine. go on the court yeah. for a long time and it's like okay we just need a guy like that out there and he's learned he's figured it out and sometimes it's what you do you just gotta play him and figure it out and these guys have gelled really nicely derozan's been a good leader derozan's an excellent passer yeah that is not something DeMar DeRozan <laughs> did when in Toronto. DeMar DeRozan did not pass the ball. Right. He was, you know, he came from the school of Kobe Bryant. 
and Kobe could pass early in his career. He just chose not to late in his career. But DeMar never passed. Yeah. That was always Kyle Lowry's job. Someone else did it. Now, like, DeMar is averaging, like, seven assists a game. It's, what? And he's just kind of initiating on the high post, or, like, he'll run a pick and roll, and defense collapses because DeMar DeRozan, like, you have to collapse on him driving to the rim, and he's just finding shooters now. It's just like, yeah, if you don't put Rudy Gay out there as a shooter, you put, you know, Patty Mills... It looks a whole lot better. <laughs> it's a lot different, right? Mm-hmm. And even if I think Aldridge was playing, like you could insert him at the five, and he could extend to shoot that three because he had added that to his yeah. game this year. Could open so, it up even more. It's kind of encouraging for the Spurs, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, that they have a really good shot and a foundation of how to play next year. Yeah, there's a roadmap for success here that I, I could not clearly see. We couldn't the see it at the, uh, any point during the season it looked pretty bleak like if this season had continued and played out if COVID never happened the spurs full stop were not making the playoffs. oh no this was like the only chance they had yeah of doing it. they needed like some weird circumstances and but that's sometimes what it takes in the nba you need something weird to happen and like you figure something out by accident and then you run with it that it happened it's cool they're like fun to watch and like them taking it to new orleans last night like Again, disappointed in the New Orleans part of it, but like the Spurs just took it to him. Yeah. Just time after time after time. There was nothing. Zion couldn't finish anything over Pirtle all game. And it, it was incredible that there was just, they didn't have an answer. And part of that's New Orleans. Part of that's the Spurs, though. Just For sure. Who do you guard? Who do you come off of? You can't because just good shooting all around. That's the modern NBA now. Um, we'll move on. That was, there you go, Spurs. There you go. <laughs> Shout um, out, Kyle. <laughs> Portland, Memphis. They are, um, they're playing basketball, Ryan. I think. Oh, so, I, are we gonna? Who do you want to talk about first? Let's go Blazers because I feel better about them making the playoffs at this point than uh, Memphis. So the Blazers have been surprisingly like okay, like better all year, better in the bubble than they have been all year. They yeah. look like more well, they're like healthy, a, more like a playoff team, right? Like, with Nurkic back, we mentioned that last year. Um, the biggest the biggest revelation of this bubble has been Gary Trent. Incredible. The dude has been shooting, like, 60% from three. I know. He's... The, in, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, Speechless. That's just, what like, it is. He's like, this dude's going, like, six from six from the field. It doesn't matter if he's guarded. It doesn't matter if he's wide open. One, why is he still wide open at this point? Someone figure this out, okay? <laughs> Dude's taking deep threes, too. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like cor- he's hitting three of three from corner threes. They're above the break threes, and yeah. they're like a couple feet off the line. And so him confidently shooting now. Because, I mean, he, he was always a shooter. But him confidently shooting now and him playing defense. Like, he's like guarding guys. Like, he's picking up at like half court. Yeah. Legit like guarding guys. It's like, where does this come from? I, I know I tweeted out from our um, Twitter account. It was like, he was just shit-talking Paul George. <laughs> Excuse the language, but just in his face. And yeah. Paul George is like doing like with his hand a little talking motion. And then Gary Trent comes down and hits a three. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm talking about, Gary Trent Jr. Like, do do that. You know? And if he can do that, he may never start for this team. Um, if Carmelo comes back especially. But if he's a bench player who is a he's not Lou Will but semi Lou Will consistent bench score 
Portland's needed that for years and hasn't had it. Well, the interesting thing, like, even looking forward, like, this team doesn't have Trevor Ariza right now. No. So, like, looking forward, like, they have more wing depth. That's something we've been yelling about for all year for Portland is, like, you need wing depth. Yeah. And I don't think Melo is a long-term solution. I mean, like, certainly not a long-term solution. He's got maybe two more years in him. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, like, the shooting, three-point shooting has been better in the bubble. Catch and shoot. Yeah. Like, it, it's been good. He hasn't had to dribble 15 times in the post and then hit a no. turnaround jumper to create his own shot. So that's been super nice. But, like, honestly, like, if he comes back, that's a huge win for Portland, but you still have to fill that wing spot at some point. His, oh, he just can't He can't play 30 minutes a game. Right. Like and you, you just got to account for that. Yeah. Even like 50, whatever he's scoring in the bubble is like 15 points a game. Like that's kind of extending for him, I feel like, at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, I feel like you'd need more from Anthony Simons at this point. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't played a ton. He hasn't been good. Yeah, and that. he's been out there. And yeah, there's a reason he's not playing a ton. <laughs> so. He hasn't been good. Uh, I mean, like also having Collins and Nurkic bat, but like... CJ has kind of hit another level. Like, that's yeah. something that hasn't been talked about a ton with Portland. Like, he was hitting step-back threes. Like, his mid-range game was what carried CJ a lot of the time. But him extending his game is just yeah. incredible. And we've always seen it, like, the three-point part in flashes. Yeah. But this year, like, during the regular season, it wasn't there. And in the bubble, it has been. It's like, credit to him. Like, it's hitting. And he's probably always had it. You know, it's just... When you're 50 games into a year and you're dragging, like, yeah, that shot's not going to get better. It's going to keep getting worse, if anything. It's so, like this game in the break, let him rest, figured it out. And him and Dame, I mean, they're going for 30 a night each at this point. Like, this is ridiculous what those guys are doing. And there's no stopping them no. either. It doesn't matter if you're playing L.A. or anyone else. There's not two guys out there for any team that can stop them. If they're, if they're playing with that much confidence, then it's... They can make up for the deficiencies of the lack of depth that this team has. Having to play like Winyan Gabriel like twenty <laughs> minutes the other night. Like Mario Hazonia was like somewhat good, but again you got you had to overplay him. He's and he, so limited, in and eventually game. you play him enough, and he's gonna look bad. Right. So right. it's just like the fact that they're even making up for that to, for them to be in the game is pretty remarkable. And you're right. Hopefully they can just put a good enough team together at some point next year. Like ten guys, we get ten competent guys, and they just they haven't had that in what five years. Yeah, I mean it's been, I mean their run last year is the Western Conference Finals was kind of a miracle because like they didn't they kind of outplayed what their roster. They got was. on the good side of the bracket. They got on a good Dame got hot, CJ got hot, and then it kind of puttered out in mm-hmm. Western Conference Finals. I think my biggest point about the Blazers, if they get the, I think they match up really well with. The Lakers. Who's gu- yeah, who's guarding Dame and CJ? Who's guard? I mean, like, the question is, like, okay, so you have Nurkic and Collins. That kind of matches up well with AD mm. and center. And, yeah. As best you can, as size-wise. Yeah. Like, you're going to... Yeah. I don't know if you're going to neutralize AD. He hasn't played really... We'll talk about the Lakers soon in a second. LeBron is unguardable. You can't yeah. guard him. So, like, you don't have anybody... Like, Throw Melo on him and see if he can play the sympathy card. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're my friend. <laughs> yeah. Let me do this cool, like, turnaround. <laughs> uh, 
But then on the other side of it, from like the Lakers' perspective, there's no one who can guard Dame or CJ for that long. Who's Dion guarding? <laughs> you <laughs> know, like is Danny Green going to be able to keep up with Dame for forty plus minutes? And they, oh, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. No. Um. So like, whatever LeBron puts out, you feel like Dame and CJ can kind of neutralize that. Yeah. Um. That's I guess my biggest takeaway from Portland so far. Um. Even like Gary Trent Jr. might be a huge positive for them outside, like yeah. the X factor in that series. Yeah. Not saying that Portland can win; they could probably push it to five or six if they get I think, lucky. Yeah, I think yeah, six if they're playing really well. Yeah, but um, and then Grizz. So losing Triple J was bad. That it's, was that was really that, not good. That's brutal for this team. Yeah, there's just he he's legitimately like statistically the best stretch big man for his age in the history of the nba like he's so good he can hit shots from everywhere like, it doesn't look pretty but it's, it's the shot in. the shot put but there's no replacing him like i like brandon clark but like he's not taking six threes a game he feels more like like jaron jackson feels like a solid five and he feels like a playmaking four brandon yeah. clark like that they're a nice combo right together but they're not replacing each other right exactly so that's where that struggle has come into like part of this is also going to get down to jaw has been good but not great in the bubble like his passing has been great he's averaging like nine assists a game in the bubble yeah um i would say it's something like 17 ish points again that's not bad like you're he's a good lead guard um it's just being good is not good enough if you're trying to make the playoffs in the west like yep. if you're the best player out there you have to be he has to be a rookie of the year and he's currently not that no. for well, especially now with triple j out teams are just gonna blitz jaw mm-hmm. and say like make dylan brooks take 26 shots yeah and he will and it, but dylan brooks will score 25 points on 26 shots and so like dylan brooks is also fouling everyone as yeah. soon as they cross half court so it's just like Grayson Allen hitting any sort of shot is like a blessing for him. And it's like you're relying legitimately on Grayson Allen to hit some threes to keep you in some of these games. And because you just got to punish teams for like blitzing jaw. Yeah. And if you're at that, that just kind of tells you where you're at right now. And Memphis, I mean, they were never supposed to be this good anyway. Like they were. This is an overachieving year. And yeah. they traded a big piece that what made them good in the first half for essentially nothing in the bubble. Yeah. So, yeah, they haven't got any Justice Winslow play. So maybe you just kind of chalk it up as, you know what, this is a good run. We I, we thought we were going 15 games. We ended up winning 32-plus, you know. And so we'll live with it. We'll learn from it. And, again, it's all, this is all the young core building forward. This is not about playing the Lakers and getting swept. Yeah. You know. So for the Grizz, like, yeah, it looks bad. But... I think uh, they yeah. got, like, yeah. even with these seeding games, I think you could justify it as a front office and coaching staff as, like, we got eight games of playoff experience. Yeah. Essentially is what that is. I would treat it that way. And if you do, I mean, I'm not really here for moral victories, but, like, if you do that and just learn from it, then this is going to be a really good team, you know, over the next three, four, five, six years if they can stay healthy. Um, it's just right now they were never competing. It mm-hmm. was they were there. They were along for the ride. Yep. And it's time to get off the ride. It's time. So, um, Space Mountain is over. <laughs> yeah. So now we'll talk about like the the like actually good teams in the West. Um but uh, some of these like they're good, but some of these teams are are making us have a heart attack. 
And well, so Lakers, Jazz, Mavs. So when Anthony Davis is great, the Lakers are unbeatable. When Anthony Davis is not great, the Lakers look beatable every single game. That's kind of he. He has sucked their last three games, and they are a bad zero and three. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. I think that brought this up is like the Lakers half court is like twenty out of twenty two teams yeah, in the bubble so far, off. and like they've just killed people in transition all year. The playoffs, like it's a that's lot not what of, you do in the playoffs. It's a lot of half court, and I trust LeBron to make some buckets, but Danny Green, like that dude, like. You want to talk about how bad Anthony Davis has been? We talked about this before the podcast. Certified shooter is hitting 20% from three. From three since bubble games. Yeah, that's if he's not shooting out there. I mean, his defense is good, but I don't. it's not as great as it used to be. I don't think he would lock up. You know, I'm not talking about first round matchups. That's whatever. Like second round matchups when you got to play Houston. Yeah. Like, who's Danny Green guarding even? I don't feel good about him guarding Russ or James. I don't know if I feel good about him guarding Daniel House at this point, okay? <laughs> so, Daniel House is scorched earth. He's balling. Um, um, that's kind of where I'm at, though, right? Like, is Alex Caruso your best wing guard defender? Okay, all right. Time out with this. I've Every Lakers, every Lakers broadcast I've watched, the announcer's like, well, Frank Vogel says that Alex Caruso is an elite defender. Where is where is this coming he from? He is a great scrappy white guy. Who, That's who, I, I who's kind of pesky and like we'll get like a couple steals and like get in the way and he'll take like two charges. And if you call that a good defender, then yeah, he's a great defender. But like he's not locking anybody up. Let me put it this way: elite defenders are like Marcus Smart. Alex Crusoe is not even playing the same sport. If we're talking about defense, Alex Crusoe is not even sniffing what Marcus Smart can yeah. do on defense. Yeah. So let's stop. Let's pump the brakes on Alex Crusoe being an elite defender. Yeah. First and foremost, he's he's fine as he's, a defender. He's a good defender. It doesn't mean he's a bad defender. He's just not elite. Yeah. We need to stop throwing. Frank fine. Vogel, <laughs> stop using the word elite for everything. Yeah. Um, they might need Jason Kidd to go out there and play some minutes. Just oh for the sake of defense. Like, oh my! This is is bad. The Thunder put up like 120 points on them. Like it, last, that game was week. not close at all. It wasn't. It was never close. Yeah. And I like you look at the Thunder roster and you're like, who scored this many points? It's just again competent guard play for the Thunder. The complete opposite for LA. Incompetent, yeah. right? Like Rondo maybe coming back might help, but it's still know. not enough shooting. Like he I just don't think Rondo is to- actually that good on defense. I think again he gets steals. I mean that's the thing is like who's I don't like a steal and a half a game leads to like true two transition buckets. That's four points. <laughs> like you know? I mean I guess your point like if they're playing Houston in the second round like who's Rondo guarding in his minutes? Like are you putting them out there on Austin Rivers? Like are you trying to hide him on Austin Rivers? Who oh by the way scored thirty the other night? Forty one. Forty one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that was ridiculous. But. I, I yeah the guards for LA one if they're not hitting shots they're not valuable at all. It's a ne- it's a huge negative for but this team. Even if they are hitting shots, the defense alone is bad enough to where it's may still not be worth it. The guy who's somewhat looking good and maybe saving them is Kuzma. 
right now. That's been a nice surprise for them, right? Yeah, he's been on the benefit of the bubble team, the all benefits team. <laughs> all, all great bubble team. Yeah, like uh, he's been really good. He looks fluid out there. Like if you put him at the three, like it doesn't look bad anymore. Yeah, his playmaking's still not there. I don't think it'll ever get there. Um, but that's not who he is as a player. But straight line drive, get to the basket, yeah. catch and shoot three. You know, playing like actually trying on defense, yes. like is a huge, he's huge not, deal for them. It's kind of like thing with Aiton. Like he was bad defensively his rookie year. Like yeah. he was awful. Right. And then second year is like nearly awful. And this you're, year you're trying. Yeah. And this year it's like you at least know where to be. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And you know what? We can work with that. If Frank Vogel can tell you where to be, if LeBron can tell you where to be, and you like do that, whatever that is, well. Yep. Okay. You're not like gonna get picked on out here. Right. That's a good point. So. Okay, so if Kuzma's going for 18, LeBron's yep. going for 32, and Davis is going for 45, or not 45, 25, okay, that's 75 points. Can you get another 40 points out of the rest of your roster and hold whomever to less than 115? That's what you're betting on every night. That's, that's what you're betting on. Man, that's, and, that's tough. I think this Lakers team is going to have some deficiencies in the playoffs. I don't know if LeBron and AD can cover up for all of it either. I I think they can cover up enough to get them to the West Conference Finals, but if if the it's ultimately going to be if the Clippers are healthy by then, it no. I think I mean it's going to be if the Houston Rockets get hot, like if it, like you mentioned that there's been a four month layoff. There's no one who's benefited more from that than James Harden. Yeah, and he's, we haven't talked pulling up from like half court. We haven't talked about the Rockets yet, but good lord, like the Lakers might be in some serious trouble if they get that matchup. In theory, you'd like to say like in that Bucks Houston game we talked about at the top, Brooke Lopez was just like abusing yeah. Houston for a long time, but ultimately it's like PJ Tucker and. Covington and Harden are just strong enough to where, like, eventually Lopez did wear down. He abused him for a long time, but eventually at the end of the game, couldn't keep doing it. And maybe that's just what they bet on, like, look, Howard, McGee, down low, we're not that worried. If you if they combine to score 20, that's cool. But, like, it's less shots LeBron's taking, and we'll live with that. That's kind of like the bait that the Rockets, I think, have talked about. is like, okay, post us up. Like, that's what we want. And they're, like, not bad at post-defense. Even though whoever's posting up has five-plus inches on everyone, they're not bad post-defenders. Well, like, I think that's kind of, like, don't want to get too much Lakers-Rockets, but, like, okay, so let's say Rondo's on the court. You blitz from Rondo. Like, is Rondo, like, you're going to live with Rondo shooting a wide open above the break, break three, right? Yeah, 100 times out of 100, because he's going to miss 95 of them. <laughs> so. Like, okay, he might burn, okay, he might get hot and hit three of them in a half. Doubt it. Okay, yeah. cool. Like, James Harden's going to have 40 by halftime, because you have to guard it him <laughs> yeah. with one of Danny Green, Alex Cruz, or Rajon Rondo. And that's just, it's not happening. Yeah. Like, it's just not, so... That's the thing. The Lakers, we've we talked about it all year. It's just LeBron and Davis have been good enough. Maybe this is the secretly the LeBron MVP speech right now is, <laughs> look what he's doing. And this is the Davis MVP speech. Like, look who he's playing defense with. And they've been a good defense all year. But at the same time, we're like you said, ultimately playoff basketball is slow it down. Yeah. And I don't trust the Lakers right now at all. 
I trust them like literally the same as I trust the Jazz and the Mavs. Ooh, like that's that's a good point. You at least the, the Jazz have good guard play. Yeah, we'll go and move the Jazz. What's been good about the Jazz is Conley's looking better. Yeah, Ingles is good, and Donovan Mitchell is carrying this team on his back. Man, I. I feel like this version of this Jazz team with this core has kind of hit its ceiling. Yeah. I know it feels a little early to say that, but it feels like it's the same issues every year, right? Like I know Mitchell, Bogdanovich out too. Well, that it sucks, but sure. still. Like, not enough playmaking on the perimeter. Rudy Gobert's a good player, but it doesn't really match with Donovan Mitchell because he's not a true point guard and he doesn't give Gobert enough touches throughout yeah. the game. And, like, all of these weird issues that seem to plague the Jazz from getting above a four. I think last year I had him as, like, a three or a two seed. Yeah. And it just has never materialized into anything more than, it's like, a like, good scrappy team. It's like you always think it should. Right. And just, it just doesn't. And Mitchell's still young, but, in, you know, it's like, but you have a, a window right here. He's on a rookie-scale contract. You got some other guys in there on like Ingles is an affordable deal, and they just they yeah they've just never taken advantage of that. And this is hard to watch because Mitchell's trying his best. He's trying so hard, mm. but mm. He, I mean like the the game the other night against Denver, he would hit multiple threes to keep the game going or send it to overtime at ridiculous shots like shots that like. Dominic Mitchell doesn't show normally, like right. turnaround threes and, you know, quick catch and shoots. And it's like, man, if you did have that other legit playmaker where Mitchell could play off the ball sometimes and do some of those things, just think of what his dribble drive game would be if teams like, like, oh, he's a catch and shoot three or like shooting off of screens three, like he can do that. Like imagine if teams had to like close out hard on him on the perimeter Right now, like, they give him a decent closeout. But if they had a closeout, like, run him off the line, he's like, great, now I have a clear takeoff lane to go dunk it all over your center. <laughs> right. Right, like, and it, they just need that guy to get him those, like, situations. Those, like, five or six buckets during yeah. the game, right? you know. Like, make life just a fraction easier for him because it's really tough. Like, he hasn't shot the ball particularly well throughout the bubble. Some, it's been there, high there volume. There's some 6-for-20 games. Yeah, for it's sure, been but. high volume, which he kind of has to do. He has to initiate the offense. Wilson's like, taking shots. <laughs> Mike Conley's not taking 10 of those shots. Like, yeah. Rudy, you can't get Rudy Gobert those other 10 looks or whatever he's you want. playing within three feet of the basket. <laughs> right. And, like, uh, it's such a weird thing for the Jazz. Uh, more than likely, they probably are going to play the Rockets in the playoffs. Um to finish out like this bubble scenario, and it uh, that just matchup has not gone well for them in recent years, and they've been better defensively in the past. And like I just don't think that the small ball versus Jazz is gonna um, go well. And their defense has been bad just overall. Yeah, no, that's that's the weird part. Is like obviously we know Rudy Gobert is a good defender. Like we know that um, he and he protects the rim, but. He's a better rim protector than DeAndre Ayton, mm. but DeAndre Ayton moves his feet better anywhere outside of the paint than Rudy Gobert and, like, isn't getting torched out there like Gobert does. And plus, like, not like Conley's a great defender. He's a decent team defender, but same thing with Ingles. Ingles is not a great on-ball defender by any means, but he's a good team defender. Royce O'Neal's a probably a better good 
probably a better team defender than he is mm. on ball. That's kind of like the Robert Covington conversation. Like, yeah, Covington's like good on ball, but like he's he's great off ball. And Royce O'Neal, it's kind of the same thing. Like, he's not locking your best wing player down. He's like a nice like bench defender. Yeah, like spark off the bench. You don't really want him playing starters minutes. And I think that's the biggest concern for the Jazz is he is right now. Also, their bench is trash. It's like, bad. Jordan Clarkson got hot for one game, and then every game since he's jacked. They even lost shots. that game. Yeah, like they lost that today, right? Like they. What did you text me today that they were scored a hundred at the end of three, and they ended up with like one fourteen or something yeah, like that? Like Dallas came back or whatever. Whoever they played today, I don't remember. I think it was Dallas. So it's just I. I, I really want good things for the Jazz. Cause I think they've tried to build their team the right way. Yeah, it's drafted well. Yeah, you made like the good trade in Conley. I would say like that was a, a reasonable move. You signed Bogdanovich on a reasonable deal. You got him for like 18 a year. Um, you found Gobert late in the first. It's just like generally how you build a team like in a reasonable, small competent, market, small yeah. market manner. And I want it to materialize for them. There, again, there's just something missing. And I don't know if it's that they just can't get that guy, whoever that guy is, to Utah. Or, in theory, Conley could be that guy, and he's just not. Yep. But something's got to change. And the last one in this category is Dallas. And it hurts, because their offense is the most fun thing in the league. Oh, my goodness. Like, this is, like, the Rockets kind of, like, amped up to, like, yeah. 10, right? Yeah. Well, it's because, like, so, like, the Rockets are fun if you love teams that shoot threes. The Mavs are fun if you love teams that shoot threes and pass. Yep. Because Luka loves to pass, right? And they were playing. Who were they playing the other night? Was it Milwaukee? Milwaukee with the between the legs, legs pass. And I was watching Maxi Kleber, and I, I fell off of my sectional. <laughs> Thankfully, I was not holding the baby at the time. <laughs> I fell off of my sectional, like. Oh my god. It was a it was a beautiful pass. I mean like the balls to do it. <laughs> and and also to execute it. Like that that's ridiculous. He was he was definitely feeling it cuz he had like a triple double with multi, like 14 like ni- assists. 19 I think. 19 assists. Um and like 30 points or something yeah. like that. It, he was just so good. Luka's been so good. The thing is with them like defense, like that's like going to be the thing that holds them back, right? Yeah. Like their offense is so elite. Like I think the best that defense and clutch offense, which is so <laughs> random. Um, just finding those like buckets late in games is going to be tough. Yeah, I think if the defense was a little better, so they didn't have to be in so many crunch time minutes. I think that'd be awesome. That's the thing is like you got to find that balance. They also need. It feels like this version of this team is missing a wing defender. Yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith is, like, good, but he's not great at it. And also, I even if he was good enough, it's not enough. Yeah. Like, you can't put him out there with Luka, Hardaway Jr., and even, Curry, and yeah. think, like, Dorian Finney-Smith is going to cover all those guys. He's just not. Um, even with Porzingis out there. Porzingis is a good defender. Yep. It, it that's not enough like they borderline like they sometimes need like delon right out there and it's like putting delon right in instead of S- seth curry that's fine but you're losing a lot of shooting by doing that yep. and so luca better be on that's ultimately it then if you're going to take him out putting more defense luca better be hitting threes yep and some days he is he's just stroking and some days it's like 
Yeah, except that shot looks yeah, really stop. bad. Yeah, stop. Like, get to the rim. Yeah. Like, that's what you need to do at this point. And sometimes it doesn't always have the discernment to realize that until it's, like, five oh. shots later. Okay, I don't need to take my fourth step back three here. Exactly. So, um, Doncic and Porzingis, from the Mavs moving forward, so they sat out against Utah, still won the game somehow, which is stupid. It's um, more of an indictment on Utah than... Yeah. But, okay, so they sat out on Monday. They they didn't say it was because of rest. They said it was injury recovery. Luca for that sprained ankle he had five months ago. And the Kristaps for that ACL injury two years ago against the Knicks. I don't know how that flew with Adam Silver, but whatever. So they play the Blazers and Suns in their last two games. So question is, should they just rest those guys for those last two? Yes. I think if you're locked into the seven, which they are, yeah, like why? Like what do you? Because you're playing the Clippers at that point. Yes, because they're basically locked into the two. Um, like what's the point? Like you want to keep those guys fresh? Question. That's what I would think. Because again, they've had to play so many minutes. They've had so many close games. Those guys have had to play a lot of minutes. They've had overtime games. Yeah. Played a lot of minutes. So yeah, I'm kind of of the get them on the sideline, or if you're gonna play them like. Do the Zion thing. Yeah. Play him 15 minutes because you got... Get him in the game. You don't really need to push it. Like, first five minutes of the first quarter, you know, a couple minutes in the second quarter, first five minutes of the third quarter, and and then then pretty much, yeah, you're good there. That's kind of where I'm at with them, and they don't need to play in the fourth. So, I I think that would help preserve the Mavs. It gets those other guys some minutes, maybe some confidence moving forward. Let's Tim Hardaway Jr. get up his shots, <laughs> and you, you move on from there, and just yep. like we're just gearing up for the Clippers because the Clippers are doing the same thing. They're resting Paul George and Kawhi, basically alternating nights with them. So you got to be ready for it if you want to have a shot. Which I don't think they have much of a shot, but if Dallas gets hot, I, you can take the Clippers seven. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's the thing. If the clutch shooting comes in yeah. late, like Luca can carry you to two wins. Yeah, and then you just get enough from Kristaps for one. Off sounds three wins. Yeah, you just need one more ridiculous shooting game, which they can they can score 150 points. Yeah, in a game, just because they're hit they hit like 25 threes. That's totally in the ball house for them. So I'm I'm excited for the Mavs, but I'm also worried for the Mavs because it's it's the way of playing of relying on the jump shot. It's you live with it and you die with it, and there's no middle like we can find a way no it's either it's going in or it's not and you're screwed if it doesn't so i love it. i love it i love the ballsiness of it <laughs> it feels very on rick carlisle yeah i was gonna but, say this team feels very opposite of what a rick carlisle team would want to be but is what it is yeah. it is what it is so um all right so because we've been going for a long time and i have a baby at home we got one last category we'll come back to the east a different day so the successes of the West. So Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, and your Thunder. Ayo! Pleas- pleasantly surprised to see them on this category. So teams that they're playing well in the bubble and like they're kind of rolling going into the playoffs. And I would really hate to play any of these four teams mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. some of them are going to play each other. Yep. Um, so teams like the Lakers might luck out a little bit, but you're, there's a good chance you got to play one of these teams at some point, and it's going to suck. You might win, but it's going to suck. <laughs> so we'll start with the most obvious Clippers. Um, again, they've been without Lou. They've been without Trez. But 
Montrez came back today. He's on campus. Not playing yet, but he's on campus. So that's good. Um, and they've been, like I said, they've been often alternating the rest of Kawhi and PG. Since the Suns game, it's really been one or the other's playing. And, again, they're not – they don't need to play. They don't need to play. Get them healthy. Get them there. Get them a little, little confidence and go. It's like the fact that they've like found some bench pieces that are nice is important. Marcus Morris is starting to find his rhythm. That's nice. That's really all they're playing for right now. All yeah, yeah. I think that's it. It's just like who can we trust? Who can Doc pull? Like, is Landry Shamit gonna be a ten minute game guy or closer to twenty what? in the playoffs? Like, Jamichael Green's been really good. <laughs> it's like okay, if Jamichael Green's, you know, your fourth big. That's fine. Like, in the playoffs, especially if he's playing like this, you know, if Montrez isn't quite ready coming out of the gates, you all of a sudden maybe feel a little more confident than you did at the beginning of the bubble of, like, crap, who's playing for Trez? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I think that's been a part. Also, when Kawhi and PG have played, they are almost always looking like the best player on the court from either squad, whoever's out there. Man, it's crazy. We talked about how PG needs more touches, like, always. Um, forever he needs forever he needs more touches but Kawhi it just like that dude it, every time you watch him you're like oh yeah this like the two time yeah. finals MVP just like defensive player of the year type of guy yeah and like that's what's if the Clippers win a championship this year that's what it's gonna come down to yeah. right like Kawhi just being the best version of himself it's like they're down 10 and Doc's like Kawhi I need you to go score 11 straight points right? it's like <laughs> All right. Cool. And then he goes and does it. <laughs> like, like, I think that flurry, like, it. I always think, what I think of, like, Pete Kawhi is, like, the Raptors coming out of third quarter in Golden State and him just putting on a flurry of buckets in the third quarter and being like, I got this. Yeah. Like, a couple threes, like, a couple dunks, like, defensive stops, yeah. and just, like, this is my game. Like, I'm just the best player he on the court. He has that ability. Like, Paul George, sometimes I it's like, dude, to go get the ball. Yeah. Um, it's not. They're not just going to pass it to you. But Paul George, it's a step below Kawhi and with the mentality. But like the ability is there. So yeah. Like having that, it makes me feel like the Clippers. I know their record is behind the Lakers, but they're, they're they team, don't. They're the team right like now. Like they don't care. Like this yeah. bubble oh, is no. the biggest benefit to them because they don't have to play at Staples in Staples with a Lakers crowd right for seven games for seven however games. many games right yeah. exactly like it's just it's just like pure basketball yep. like who is the best basketball team it's not and, like home court advantage or anything like that and once you get past the top two guys for both those teams those rosters look so different <laughs> it's crazy it could not be more opposite in terms it's of crazy. competence versus not um so we talked we talked about the Clippers a lot this year so I don't really feel the need to talk too much more about them but need to get them they're luck. good um, Nuggets, Point Jokic is cool still. It was like funny at first listing him as point guard, and now it's like, oh yeah, this is actually just your offense. So let's just call him the point guard. It's uh, Jamal Murray's coming back. Finally yeah. came back from injury, yes. which was a big thing for them. They won the other night with him in, mm-hmm. inserted in the starting lineup. Um, I mean, this Denver team. I don't. I really don't have a good like. I don't know what this team is yet, yeah. still. And like, we're almost. We know Millsap's good and competent. We know Jeremy Grant's good and competent. Jamal Murray's a spark plug. Jokic is an MVP candidate. It's like it's they're missing something. Yeah. And the something has emerged. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. The, um, 
Y yeah. Wow. The all the all coronavirus team or the all coronavirus is a scam. Damn. This is population team. control. Um, yes. So this is this is so hard because when Michael Porter Jr. was coming out of high school, that was the the same draft class as like I think like Bagley. Um, yeah, and yeah. Bagley and him yeah. like the consensus one and two, depending on what website you look at. One was one, one was two. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was the wing guy, Bagley was the big, so of course most people put the big better, which is stupid, but <laughs> not getting into it. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was like the next big thing. Yep. Like he was always supposed to be the next big thing. Came out of Seattle, but he had grown up, I think in St. Louis. So Mizzou was always like his choice. And so he went to Mizzou. Had and the back injury. Had the back injury. And then he tried to come back from it right at the end of the year and looked awful. Because he was not healed. He was not ready. And so teams got worried that the back was like a permanent issue. Yeah, he didn't move well. Yeah. And they're like, is he more of a 4-5 or a 3-4? And that was a very concerning. Because um, he was always supposed to be a 3-4. That was always supposed to be his game. So he fell to 14, I think 14 in that draft. And mm. Denver scooped him up. Because I think that was, like they had just missed the playoffs. That was like the That Jimmy was the Tim Timberwolves. Yep. Yeah. And so it fell into their lap. And they're like, well, we don't need you to be good tomorrow. You can take a year off, a year and a half off, really. Rest, figure it out, get it better, come back, work on your game, and we'll be a playoff team waiting for you. They bet on themselves, and they were right. Right? And now Michael Porter Jr. is playing what he's always done. If anything, he's not even showing his on-ball like creation right now. Yeah, like, he's playing off-ball most of the time. Yeah, he like Michael Ford Jr. at six foot ten can legit like run pick and roll and like break you down off the dribble. Well, like that was the, he was billed as was like this Kevin Durant type. Yeah. Like that and, was kind of him. And you know, like that's thrown around a lot. <clears throat> it's unfortunate because it just wrecks kids when they don't ever become it. Right. Any any like tall skinny dude with a handle is like, oh, you're kind of like Kevin Durant, and it's like, nah, let's pump no. the brakes on that one. But of all the kids that actually like, you know what? If you're going to be right, this is this is going to be the one that's right. It yeah. was it was Michael Porter Jr. And the back injury just derailed it. Also, going to Mizzou is the stupidest thing. <laughs> Mizzou was terrible at the time, and they're still terrible now. Um, Dang, fire! I hate Mizzou. Um, is he's now playing his game yep. and honestly yeah he says stupid stuff but like the 25 a game is not like uncommon like this is gonna be his career if he can stay healthy so ryan this isn't this is my question so i asked, i told you to remind me about this at the beginning of the game or beginning of the podcast and so we just put a little note in here so mike poor jr if you can tell me oh God. that he's gonna play at least 60 games for the next 11 years okay how many all NBAs is he making? Oh my! If We're we, going if there. If we put the over under at four and a half. Oh, that's tough. If you can guarantee sixty to seventy-two games a year for the next eleven years, I'm betting the over. You're betting the over. I'm betting the over. I I think I would have bet the over if you put it. Oh God! If All you, NBA put, at forward. Oof. That's the, you have first, second, third team. So there's six of them. There's six spots over the next eleven years. Four and a half. So you'd have to hit five. Got to hit five. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna be real <laughs> honest. I don't. Because it's right. It's Giannis. It's Gian, Giannis is gonna be there for the next eleven years because he's only twenty four. Right, Giannis. So, I mean, Anthony Davis potentially if he continues playing yeah, forward. Yeah. 
Luca, I guess, depending if you what it, classify him as guard forward. It's, he's, he's classifying as a guard right now. Yeah. I, I think that's going to stick. But, you know, maybe Tatum. Tatum. Which, Tatum, he could be classified as either. Forward, probably. Or guard, but mostly forward, most likely. Going Bradley forward. Beal for some of that, maybe. Yeah. And Paul so George it, Kawhi for some of that. Yeah. Yeah. It get, <laughs> I mean, like. It gets hard real fast. But Booker maybe for some of that yeah, if he's starting if, to like develop. If, if he plays more of a three, but it's don't get me wrong. I this is a really lofty expectation. That's a lot. Kid. All NBA. So I thought you were gonna throw All Star at me, and no, <laughs> no one, infamously, no one has made the All Star team from the 14th pick in like a long yeah. time. I, oh, All Stars! I think he'll make six or seven. Real? Um, wow. Wow, you're high well, on Michael Porter this is, Jr. This is him staying healthy. Sure, this is, sure, for this, sure. I'm putting in that contingent. So you're saying if he the never Nuggets has a, future isn't Jokic. It's Michael Porter I'm Jr. Saying plus Yo- Jokic. Jokic. I mean, Jokic is going to make a ton of all-NBA teams, though, too. Yeah, that's he, a good point. He's going to make five or six playing center. Like, right. It doesn't first, second, third. He's going to make them. Yeah. Um, Embiid and him... Maybe Davis, you know, just that type of stuff. Aiton, if he gets there, which he might, um, get some third team ones maybe. But like, I I don't know why can't Jokic and Porter be one of the from the three teams All NBA guys? Could the Nuggets have two of the top fifteen players in the league for the next ten years? Man, you are speaking to a lot of Nuggets fans right now. <laughs> like, our, our whole podcast is going to be flooded with, like, Nuggets fans <laughs> subscribing. Apparently, TJ Warren and the Denver Nuggets are a new podcast. Um, man, that's interesting. That's an interesting betting line. Again. I am stretching myself to think of a forward who, like, if he hits his ceiling, like you're saying. Like, it's... I can't think of one. I can't think of one. Like, like Michael Porter, like... Head. He's played in like half a season, yeah. But this is what he looked like coming out of high school, and this is why everyone was like, "This is this is the this next. is the next this guy. is the next LeBron, KD, whatever you want to say. This is the next guy." And it's like he's finally getting to play, and he doesn't even fully know what he's doing out there. But playing with Jokic is really valuable for, to him because Michael Porter Jr. is like, "I'm six ten playing small forward, um, so if you're gonna put Tim Hardaway Jr. on me, I'm just gonna." stand in front of the rim and Jokic is going to pass me the ball. I'm just going to yeah, put my arm up and put it in the rim. Like he's like, he's going to get six easy points a game from Jokic. He's going to hit two threes a game, right? So there's 12 points a game. He's going to get four layups and train or four points off of transition or just random layups. And then he's going to get another eight points off of getting his own shot. All of a sudden he's at 24 points a game doing nothing. Like in all stuff that's like, he's doing it right now. Think about five years from now. It's, it's one of those like if you can project, then this doesn't sound as crazy as it probably does. I mean, like the Nuggets future, it's kind of crazy. Like that would be the Nuggets next level, right? It is. Is if like if he you can definitively say you have a point guard, a wing, and a center. Yes. Like a all star level point guard, wing, and center. Because Jamal Murray is never going to be more than a few time all star. Right. Like, to me, it's like three is his ceiling yeah. at the All-Star game. Like, that's all. And that's fine. That's a good player still. Um, I don't know if it's a max player, what he's paying. But, you know, it's a good player. And wings are just so immensely valuable. And mm-hmm. he can do so much. 
like the fact that the three has translated for Michael Porter Jr. is what is making this to me like a somewhat somewhat real conversation. Is it's not just mid range. It's not just using his height in a clunky way. It's he's a really fluid athlete and he can catch and shoot three. He can off the dribble three. He can do it with a hand in his face because he's so much bigger than everyone else. Like the wingspan is huge. He looks giant out there and yet fluid running down the court. Playing with Jokic is a huge help because it's the center who passes. Yeah. Like just playing with that type of a player is huge for a guy like him. Like Kevin Durant probably. Kevin Durant was always going to look good, but playing next to Russ, who was trying to stat pad and get triple doubles and get Kevin Durant the ball at times, that was helpful, right? So it's it's just one of those things. Is he ever going to be the best player in the league? I don't know if he'll be that, but is he going to be a fringe top 10 guy and therefore that might qualify you for multiple All-NBAs? I could see. I mean, like yeah. a couple third teams in there. Like if Chris Middleton can do it, like why? Right? Can't, why can't Michael Porter? Like, and Michael Porter Jr. at age what he's like twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, is way better than a lot of these guys are at twenty one, twenty two. Right. So or we're at that age. So it's like you've already got a great start moving forward. It's just how of the guys that are there right now, the Kawhi's, Paul George, LeBron's, and all of them. How long are they staying? That what might be the like throws out this conversation is if those guys are still playing at this level for seven more years, then he's getting maybe one or two third teams in there. And then past that, it's, uh, you got to hit it pretty much every year in your prime to make the bet. Yeah. The over. I think the, I think the biggest thing is like, what do like guys like Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum, like if yes. they're consistently first, like first team if they have that on lock like lebron does every year yeah like if there's a set of forwards who has that first team on lock like it's gonna be really hard i mean i can't wait to have this conversation next year of who would you rather build your team around going forward brandon ingram or michael porter oh my gosh because tatum is my answer but if we're talking about the other two i want to have this conversation next year at the end of the season it's gonna be a good like pen conversation we can have uh just also another like this or that we have. Aren't you season. glad I told you to make a little note so I didn't forget about that? Oh, that was spicy. That was a path. That was an <laughs> adventure. Whoa. Um, all right, last two teams. Um, infinite, like infamously locked together, the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, so the Rockets, James Harden. We started to touch on it. He looks like an MVP. He looks think, He looks legit like the 2018 I, version. Of I still Harden. think Giannis will win it, but Harden is playing like MVP James Harden. And I don't know what you do to stop him. They're Double pe- him? They're trying, and he's like, Russ, go to the elbow. I'm going to pass it to you, and then you play four on three from the elbow down, and it's working. Well, that's the thing. is like This is the benefit of Russ versus CP3 in this offense. Like CP3 would, like he could take that mid-range, and yeah. he would be happy with that, but he would look to pass a lot of the time. Yes. And like Russ is not looking to pass. Russ Most is looking the- to dunk, and then if you collapse on him, he'll pass the ball. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the ball can maybe find its way back around to James Harden, who mm-hmm. is now all of a sudden lined open for a three. Um, I, I, I kind of like this Rockets team going to playoffs. We were ha- we were hating on it all year, it's either- and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, Western Conference Finals isn't really that far out of like. If they can get the Lakers in the second round, they might do it. Like I. They gotta get out of the first round. They gotta get all. out of the first round for sure. But, but if they can get out of the first, they might make it to the third. 
they they have a really good shot at making a run and like saying that about them in March kind of seems egregious. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how that like how this team moves forward. But I mean, it's all hinges on whether James Harden can play yeah. elite. Yeah. Like the other guys have been pretty good in the bubble. We mentioned yeah. Daniel House at the top. Um, PJ Tucker and Robert Covington. Sometimes the shooting's on, sometimes it's not, but the defense is always good enough to somewhat counteract it. Austin Rivers was good the other night. Macklemore's been fine. Right. So if they can just get enough from everyone else, like James Harden's going to get his, Russ is going to get his, you just kind of bet on it being enough. And for the most part, it's worked. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, Darren Moore is just going to keep betting on it until he gets fired. So, <laughs> which know, could be at the end of the season. Might be. Might just get left at Disney World, but there are worse things in life. Um, and then your thunder, man. I'll I'll just let you go. First of all, Lou Dort. <laughs> yes. All of you people who've hated, who passed up on Lou Dort, thank you, thank you for giving us this incredible wing defender. He had like 14 points and a half the other night. He finished with 16, which is like fine. Like you're not expecting no, Lou Dort to score. He could score eight and you'd be happy. Right. Like the the guy's just fantastic. He's built to play defense, like in the he, NBA. He like, looks he's, like an NBA guy. He's a rookie now, but he's just gonna be an elite. You want to talk about elite perimeter defenders? That's give right. me, give me Lou Dort in like three seasons. Um, I CB three, like the dude is has been good. He's not been great in the bubble, but honestly, like I kind of trust him more than the Nuggets. When it matters, when it matters, CB three is going to be good, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, I think there's a, I mean, like, obviously there's a ceiling to this team and it's going to be tough. Like what is that? A first round exit? Is that a second round exit? Are they a tough seven out, seven game out in the first round or are they more than likely their matchup right now is the nuggets. Yeah. So nuggets thunder. I would love to see Steven Adams come back. You know, he's looking fresh now. He's looking well built after that hiatus. I would love to see him and Jokic just tangle for six, seven games and just be like, let's just see what happens. Maybe Steven Adams snaps you in half because you got skinny. Maybe Jokic goes for 30 every night because he just finds a zone Yeah. and just obliterates him. But it's going to be fun either way. I think it's, I mean, two of the best centers in the game going at it right now. It's yeah. not like Steven Adams is a fringe, like top 10 center probably, yeah. but it's still very competent defensive guy. Um, I, it would be a fun matchup to watch. Like even like Murray CP3 is kind of interesting yes. because of the yes. guard play. Um, I I just don't know what to do with this Thunder team. I think you're more than right. I think it's going to be a like a frisky seven games out in the first round. Yeah. Which I mean, to for this Thunder team to be the sixth seed is just like their betting line at the beginning of the year was like thirty games. Yeah, it and, was like thirty three. Yeah, and like that like that speaks to. Not only CP3, but I think Billy Donovan as well as a, as a head coach. Yeah. Um, the, the management was good. The Presti figuring, finding <laughs> these guys. Whether it's Dort. Baisley hasn't been awful in the bubble. He doesn't look like a, a New Balance intern. Regular season, he looked like a New Balance intern. But, but like bubble, he like shot like 8 of 16 yeah. as of this recording to when the Thunder played today. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a fascinating team. I think they're kind of in line with... I don't know, like they're not as good as Miami type of like, yeah. okay, this team could be like really good or really but bad. But they're somewhere in like the Indiana. Yeah, type. maybe that's maybe that's the better. better. A lot of good players, 
maybe a great player and just they work together yeah it's like a fun roster to yeah. see put together i mean cp3 talks about how they like being together all the time um like nerlons noel has been super competent off the yeah. bench as a backup center better than javel mcgee or dwight howard yeah. but you know there's that um <laughs> I just, I don't know. This team's going to be fun going into the playoffs. This has been an incredible, one of the most fun, like as a Thunder fan, has been the most fun. Oh, for sure. Because like, yeah. it's just been all gravy all year. Like the yeah. Dennis, whether Dennis Schroeder comes back and plays or not, um, is kind of big biggest question mark remaining around this yeah. team because of. That matters because then it's who's taking his minutes if he's right. not playing. And all of a sudden that, look, that gets real thin. Is it like fast. Abdul Nader, like coming off the bench trying to shoot is threes? It, is it Ferguson? And, oh and, my god and or robertson and then shea sliding over to the point guard spot yeah. or something you know it's but it's that kind of stuff that's but, a, yeah not even to mention how good like shea is shea has been incredible finishing at the rim has kind of fallen off um the last few games but you know at the same time you live and die it's a second year player okay. like he doesn't look like a second year player no, but for sure like he's kind of hitting that second year slump i guess um but yeah, I, everyone does but I I really enjoy him. He's going to be good. I don't know yeah, what he... Position-wise, I don't know what he is going forward. I don't care. Just put him on the floor. <laughs> That's keep, a good keep point. Keep that guy for the next seven years. Just put him on the floor. That's a good point. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting playoff run for them. I think it's kind of one of those Thunder teams that doesn't have expectations. Yeah. Um, which is just an interesting spot just to be in. Play. Just play right. ball. Right. The bubble is like the perfect spot for that anyway. Too. Like it, the bubble benefits the Thunder so much because I, there's no home court, right? Yes, yes. So um, that's why they're they don't care. They're yep. just they're just gonna play the game. They're playing with house money. There's that's exactly said about that for sure, so. for sure. And like I said, we'll we'll come back to the East maybe We're later this week or something <laughs> else because there's only a few teams that really worth talking about anyway. Um, and yeah, it's we've been going on for so long. So real quick, games of this week, last week. Of the seeding games. Um, I said Portland-Dallas on Tuesday, 5.30. That's going to be, like, my early week game. Who you got in that one? I think Portland. I think it's because Dallas will at least semi-rest. Yeah. And I think, again, I think Dame is on a mission right now. Man. After, I think Pat Beverly pissed him off. I, okay, conspiracy, Pat Beverly did it on purpose because he wants Dame to make the playoffs and give the Lakers hell. Oh! <laughs> so, I've been holding that in, but I couldn't hold it any longer. That's a so, good conspiracy theory. I like yes, that. I got, uh, same day, Spurs earlier game, earlier tip, if you're on vacation or whatnot. Uh, Rockets Spurs on Tuesday. That's fun, too. Um, at 1 p.m. Central. I think I'm going to take the Rockets in this one. Uh, which would kill the Spurs' hope of making the playoffs. They're done, then. Um, but still, it, I think it's always kind of a weird Popovich game. versus this D'Antoni, James Harden, yeah. D'Antoni. It's going to be interesting to see how the Spurs try to blitz James Harden yeah. if they do and how they handle that. So yeah. um, something to watch for on mm-hmm. tomorrow when the podcast release. So my later game, so Thursday. So I, I have San Antonio, Utah. And so probably this is dependent on San Antonio beating Houston. Because San Antonio would still need to be relevant. Um, I'm going to roll with San Antonio. Mm. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it? That's all you... <laughs> I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, dang it. Did I make the wrong choice? No, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, like, I think that's I think that's the right, right choice. I, I think Popovich will just kind of... 
expose what we've been talking about with jazz where they've struggled the most yeah so. not really able to have any other creators um so i've got this is gonna be a super interesting game the bucks grizzlies you know why matt why this is the last game for the grizzlies so if they were to make the playoffs this game means a lot to them yeah not so much the bucks so are they gonna play Giannis? probably not but they're still not bad without Giannis. They're not, this is the they're thing. not as good, but like, could Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton kind of muck it up and just like encourage Dylan Brooks to shoot a lot? <laughs> Bait Dylan Brooks into shooting a ton. Yeah. I got the Grizzlies in this one. All right. I appreciate that. Because I think the Bucks are going to rest a lot of their guys, and the Bucks generally have not, we didn't get to talk about them, but they have not been good in the bubble so far. Um, and I think the Grizzlies will just squeak this one out. And I think for the play-in, it'll be the Grizzlies-Blazers. Oh, God. Who do you think your – who is your play-in matchup? So, if I want my game predictions to be fun, it's – the Spurs have to be one of them. Mm. Then, because that's what I'm rolling with. I don't – again, I don't know how I feel about that. They've got Houston and Utah. Houston and Utah. Can they beat Houston and Utah? The Suns get Philly and Dallas. I'm – I can't bet on the Suns. I just can't. If they prove me wrong, I will be so happy. But I can't bet on the Suns. Um, I'm going. I'm going Portland Spurs. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna make notes of this. So you got Portland Spurs. I mean, Portland's got Dallas, who I think will rest Kristaps and Luca, and they got Brooklyn. And I, who knows with Brooklyn ever, right. you know? Yeah. So they could get win by twenty, they could lose by twenty, and I'm gonna say motivated Portland does makes them lose by twenty. <laughs> yeah, I I really don't see a scenario in which Portland doesn't make the play in at this point. They would have to have a I pretty think, disastrous. I really think Dame's just pissed, and he's he. If, if we're gonna keep saying scorch earth, he is going to scorch earth. Man, I'm. I, I ultimately I want to see Blazers Lakers like that's yes. I mentioned that before but Blazers Lakers is gonna be the highlight of round one I yeah. think yes yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So it's gonna be Dame and LeBron just going not guarding each other but just shot just shot yeah shot. yeah fifty point games each right I love it that'd be so cool. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to episode 75. A huge landmark episode for us. Um, this will be, uh, wow, uh, probably our longest podcast. We've gone an hour and 40-ish minutes hey. now. Which, it's close if it's not the longest. I mean, we have to make up for all the time we weren't yeah, podcasting exactly. in March, right? Anyways, um, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you back for episode 76. Yeah.